It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, Reds country. You're listening to the Locked On Reds Podcast. I'm your host, your secondhand expert, your cheap seat crony, Jeff Carr. Thanks for downloading and listening to today's episode. Make sure you're subscribed to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher for the Locked On Reds Podcast. And also check us out on Twitter at Jeff Carr, J-E-F-F-F-C-A-R-R and at Locked On Reds as well. On today's episode, we're going to set the tone. There's no real news too much to speak of with the Reds, and there's little rumors here and there, but I kind of want to get to that in a few thoughts. But when we're talking about today, just kind of want to set the tone for really now, I mean, this week as a whole, but also now until pitchers and catchers report. The Reds themselves have said that they're still active in the market. They're still conversing with free agents and talking with other teams and exploring, you know, areas of improvement that they could do. But when it comes to what is actually going to happen between now and at least the beginning of spring training, I don't expect a whole lot to be happening. I don't expect there to be too many more high-profile moves. Maybe there's a non-roster invitee to spring training or something like that to a, a wily vet who's looking to stay in the game or something like that, but I'm not looking for that big splash trade. I know there's still rumors out there about maybe Marcus Stroman from Toronto or GT Realmuto from Miami. I really don't see those playing out, especially Ramuto. I've I've gone through that in earlier podcasts, but when it comes to the Reds' big moves, I think they're kind of done. I think if anything happens, it'll be a small reliever signing or a value add of some sorts. And and Dick Williams has really said that. You know, he's looking for high value players, which in my estimation, just kind of reading between the lines there, they're not while they have money to spend, they're not looking to make any more big splashes. I think what they've done, they're pretty happy with. And you know, they needed to do it. Mo Egger wrote on The Athletic talking about he's not super impressed with just giving the Reds credit for trying because what other choice did they have? It's been four straight years of futility and they were losing the fan base. I mean, how many of you are listening to this podcast who were just, you know, disenchanted with the Reds back in late August, early September? You almost couldn't have cared. And I don't blame you there. There were times during September where I was focused on other things and didn't really watch the games. But now, with this season coming up, expectations are at least to the level of interested. People are looking for tickets to go on sale. People are ready for opening day to show up. I mean, there's people talking about going out to Arizona. I wish I could do that. Don't quite have the wherewithal to just pick up and go out west and watch some baseball as much as I'd like to. But the point is, the moves that they have done have gotten people back to wanting to watch their Reds play baseball. But they had to do that. So the overarching theme here for the Reds offseason is they did what they needed to do. They got the pitching 
you know, I mean, we'll see how the results play out on the field, but they've overhauled three-fifths of the rotation. And for that, I say bravo. They didn't just go out and get one or two pitchers. They got three. And Dick Williams said that they entered the offseason with that in mind. They were looking to get three pitchers. And I think that the quality that they got is going to be there on the field. I saw this over the weekend with the Oakland Athletics. They signed Marco Estrada to a free agent deal and they bring him in they add in Mike Fires who he was on their team last year and they re-signed him to a multi-year deal this year so they've got Marco Estrada and Mike Fires atop the rotation and the thing that I thought whenever I saw those signings was in years past the Reds that that's how they would have defined hashtag get the pitching because you know, Mo mentioned something in the interview on Friday. He he equated getting Sonny Gray to dumpster diving, and I think that might be a little harsh, and he may have been looking for a different way to describe that. But I don't think it was necessarily dumpster diving. I think if the Reds had gone and got Mike Fires and Marco Estrada, then I definitely would have said dumpster diving because that it, it really doesn't feel satisfying. Like if I'm a fan of the Oakland A's and I'm looking at Mike Fires and Marco Estrada, I'm just like, Eh. I think what Dick Williams and Nick Crawl have done with the rotation is absolutely phenomenal. And it's got us with hope and a lot of interest heading into this season, especially with pitchers and catchers reporting. We're going to see how Derek Johnson is interacting with the pitchers. As Mo mentioned on Friday, he's got a job ahead of him. The front office has basically said, you know, here you go, buddy. It's all on your plate. It's time for you to show the people of Cincinnati why we went out to get you, to pry you away from Milwaukee, and why everyone is so happy to have you on staff here. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do, and especially with his team with Caleb Cotham and you know analytics-minded assistant pitching coaches there. I really am excited to see what they're going to do with these players, and especially the guys that are already on staff, like Luis Castillo, Di Sclafani, Cody Reed, Sal Romano. Those guys, I think, are also going to benefit very greatly from Derek Johnson as well. But I'm going to continue to kind of set the table for you um, between now and spring training. After we come back from the break, you're listening to the Locked on Reds podcast on this Monday. Thanks again for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm your host. In the first half, I kind of talked about why to not expect any other big moves in the lead up to spring training here. Why the Reds kind of seem like they're done with the high profile transactions. And now I just kind of want to preview what we're going to be talking about this week. And I'm going to start off by saying, you know, we're going to be looking at position battles. We're going to be looking at what spring training is going to try to solve or at least take the first step into solving for this season as the Reds look to really take a good step here in 2019. And so when I'm talking about position battles, obviously the first one I want to look at just briefly today here in this second half is the pitching staff because they've gone out 
they've got the arms. And we know four names, really, that are going to be locked into that rotation. You've got the three that they've acquired in Alex Wood, Tanner Rourke, and Sonny Gray. And then you've got Luis Castillo. Uh, Barring injury, those four guys are going to be in the rotation. Then the fifth guy may be up for debate. I may be making more of it than the Reds really think there is to be made. But I think it's between Anthony DiSclefani and Tyler Malley for that fifth spot. There may be somebody that sneaks up and surprises. You know, I've heard on Red Leg Nation, I've heard Chad Dotson talking about Tony Santion. And, you know, Doug Gray also agrees with them. He could maybe sneak up and be a contender for that fifth rotation spot. He's got that much talent, but he is also pretty young, too. So I would say that at this point, he has an outside shot. So I'm really looking at Anthony DiSclefani and Tyler Malley. And, you know, even Cody Reed and Sal Romano have outside shots, but still at those main two guys being the fifth starter. And when it comes to the opening day rotation, I think it could change a little bit throughout the season, especially with the order of things. But I think when we come into opening day, I was asked this. I I got to talk Reds on the sports fan on 970 WATH up there in Athens, Ohio on Friday evening. They asked me how I think the rotation is going to be playing out. And I think on opening day, we're going to see Luis Castillo. I, I think... He's the guy that's going to be tried out there March 27th. I think that with his pedigree of, you know, having been within the Reds organization for a few years now and having the promise that he has, he's got amazing stuff and great talent. There's not been a single scout or coach that's seen him pitch that denies that. They think that he's going to be special. And I think that this is his year that they give him the ball the first game of the year for the pageantry and all that great stuff to be the man for the Reds on opening day. And then following him, Alex Wood would be the number two starter. He very well, you know, by the all-star break could be the number one guy, depending on how he and Castillo kind of duke it out. But I see those guys as 1A, 1B between Castillo and Alex Wood. Wood's got that great skill set of keeping the ball on the ground and also with great command where he doesn't walk a ton of people. And that is exactly what you need at the top of your rotation. Then third, I think Sonny Gray is going to be the third best starter. I think he's going to pan out. He's going to figure out some things and regress, or not regress, but get back to his career norm of, you know, right around three and a half ERA, maybe even closer to 3.0 ERA. And have a nice little strikeout rate and he keeps the ball on the ground as well I think he's going to be a good pitcher he's going to prove to be a great addition for the Reds starting this year and then for the next couple of years afterward and then fourth of course we've got Tanner Rourke I don't think he's bad um you know, you look at your fourth and your fifth starters maybe is not the best of guys but I think in a solid staff like the Reds have put together. Right now, the staff looks like a bunch of two and three, like number two and number three starters, which that's fine. I mean, you know, at the top of the rotation, there's not too many teams in the league that can say, hey, we've got a bona fide ace. We've got a guy that's going to contend for the Cy Young year in and year out. And that's okay. The Reds just need a solid starter who's going to keep, you know, large numbers off of the scoreboard for the other team. And I think they've got that 
with pretty much their entire rotation. But I think Tanner Rourke ends up being their fourth starter. And then I think that Di Sclafani, at least out of the gate, gets it. And then maybe by the All-Star break, maybe there's an injury here or there. Maybe by the end of the season, Tyler Malley takes that fifth spot. So almost could see where at the end of the season, Di Sclafani and Tyler Malley have about the same number of starts at the end of the season. But I do think Di Sclafani wins it out of spring training. So that's kind of the rotation that I'm looking at. And with that rotation, we take a look at the bullpen, which obviously the closer still Rysel Iglesias. I know at the beginning of the offseason, there was a lot of rumors about maybe he gets traded. Maybe the Reds look to flip him for some nice pieces and stuff. They kept him in-house. I think he's you know, going to be one of... Eh, I hesitate to say five. I definitely one of the top 10 closers in the league this season, uh, without a doubt. And then his setup men, I think, you know, you, you've got it split between Jared Hughes and David Hernandez. And then leading into them, you've got solid seventh inning guys slash maybe they pitch a little bit more than that. And Michael Lorenzen and Amir Garrett. I don't think that they have that loogie. Maybe they get a left-handed specialist guy out of like a non-roster invitee to spring training or something like that. But I don't necessarily see that as a need. I think teams have gone away from specialist relievers. They look for guys who have the ability to carry multiple innings now. And the Reds have a couple of those guys, especially with Lorenzen and Garrett. And then you've got Sauramano and Cody Reed, who I think will also start the season in the bullpen. And, you know, even guys beyond that, it depends. Uh, a couple of long shot guys to make the major league roster that I'll be watching in spring training, like Robert Stevenson. You know, I feel like he's probably on his last thread of hanging on to major league dreams. You know, I feel bad for the guy because he he had so many high prospects and high um, expectations on him while he was a minor leaguer and after he was drafted. You know, I remember whenever he was first drafted, there were some, and maybe they were a little unfounded, but there were some folks that were even comparing him to Steven Strasburg. And, you know, like I said, that may, that may have been a little high on the praise there. But still, it was like, you know, people were putting him as the next ace for the Reds, and he just hasn't even panned out to be a starter at this point. So maybe he can hang on and be a reliever out of spring training. I'm rooting for him to do that. Obviously, I never root against anybody in a Reds uniform, but um, I think it's a long shot at this point, and we'll see if Derek Johnson can work his magic or if he's even looking to work his magic with Robert Stevenson. Maybe it's kind of a, you know, it's up to the player at this point. But that's just kind of an, a rough overview of the pitching staff. We can go in-depth as we get closer to spring training, but just kind of what I wanted to tell you on this Monday that, you know, look for the Reds to not make any more big moves. We're going to transition more from talking about rumors to talking about what's going to be going on in spring training, the position battles and different things like that, getting you set for what to watch for as spring training games start because they're less than a month away. Get excited, folks. You're going to be hearing the crack of the bat and the pop of the mitt here pretty soon. 
So thanks for listening to this Monday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Leave us a nice little five-star review on one of your podcasting services. I always appreciate the feedback. And if you got a less than five-star review, then, you know, um, make sure you just write that in your head and, you know, keep it there. But anyway, thanks for listening to today's episode, and I'll talk to you tomorrow here on the Locked On Reds podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.